It is time to tune up the band and put Santa in the ankle lock, for it is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. I am Sam, alongside Dan and Reardon, as we continue our journey for the wacky world of professional wrestling. Good afternoon, chaps. How are you doing? Alright. Doing alright. Cold. <laughs> yes. It is very cold I, on this, uh, on yeah, this December I, day. It, it is cold. I have been fighting my father for what is the worst Christmas song. Okay, and... hear, hear me out here. Okay. Just because just because of when the place I used to work at. Merry Christmas, everyone. Hmm? Ooh. I'm guessing, um, is the obvious answer Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney as well? Ooh. Yeah, see, see, yeah, see, that's my dad's, that's my dad's answer, which is the obvious answer. Yeah. I yeah. disagree. I disagree, mm. actually. My yeah. one, yeah. my one is controversial and my, uh, my, my, my Welsh mate, shout out to you if you are listening. <laughs> oh, is it? What's what's to kill me for saying it? But my vote is Fairy Tale in New York, a song that I have oh. always I've always hated it. I've always hated it. You know, it's funny, because you mentioned your Welsh friend, I thought you were gonna say walking in the air from the snow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean both oh, the that Dude, that's a good that's a good shit. We're getting so much heat. I think we should stop. We're getting yeah. so much heat. We'll, we will so get to that. Heat. We will get to all of that in the Christmas episode. That's for damn sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no, it's glad to hear from you chaps and uh yeah, it's 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 uh it's another year and another recording of this on my birthday as well. Indeed. Happy. Everyone's birthday now. Yeah. It's just Birthdays at the wazoo, even now, even now. Nuts. I'm glad I'm spending it with you two chaps, as always. Oh, well. (laughs) So we give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and forever pending other platforms. You know, on the x day of christmas my true love gave to me pending because they always knew that i would always always be pending (laughs) reardon i i love it i love it i feel like you know (laughs) you're gonna have to top that for the next episode you realize i don't i don't don't know how i don't know how but But you're going to figure it out figure it out So, before we get on to this, our review of TNA Christmas Impact from 2007, let us visit Dan for this week's Wrestling News. Wrestling News. Yeah, so let's get into it. And obviously, we want to start off by giving our greatest condolences to the family of Jimmy Rave. Mm-hmm. You know, it is always especially sad to lose such a important member of the independent wrestling community, really. And at such a young age as well. And, uh, you know, it really does... It really does hurt. Yeah, it's it, it sucks because I had been watching Jimmy Rave, like, when I was, you know... I was right in the doldrums of watching... Sorry, not doldrums, but I was right in the thick of watching Ring of Honor is what I should say. Um, 
uh, Jimmy was always a constant part of that. Heck, you know, when t- TNA, you know, ran 2007-2008, Jimmy Rave was quite a big part of that as well. And the poor guy in the last couple of years had been through the ringer and then some. Um, if no one knows, um, Jim, uh, Jimmy had unfortunately contracted, I believe it was Mercer. Yeah. And yeah. got it so bad that he had to lose both legs. Uh, and I yeah. believe he lost an arm as well. Yeah, I think it was a triple amputation. Yeah. And the poor guy had been through the ringer, but he was always... Uh, what I what was so admirable about him is that he was still such a fan of the industry and wanted to give back as much as humanly possible. Yeah. Um, I think that'll be his legacy, really. Yeah. Again, wrestling has lost one of the good ones. Yeah. You know, to, to, to try and talk about the many influences on the current favorites of the independent scene right now so many of them were either trained by him or trained with him or you know got advice from him yeah and it's just so important that that's recognized and that you know people can people continue the the work that he started yeah Yeah, like all of my condolences to everyone, friends, family, acquaintances of Jimmy Rave. Um, may he rest in power. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Should we get into the week review, Dan? Let's start on this week's review. Uh, should we start with WWE? Sure. <laughs> um. Okay, where where do we want to start with WWE? Shall we go? Uh, oh gosh, mate. What I mean, Raw maybe. Like, cause there's not. I, I hate to say it. There's again. It was another week where not much really kind of progressed on Raw. Um, I was gonna say because I had no idea what happened on Raw this week. <laughs> I, I mean, gosh, what's the thing that I could bring up on Raw? We got another promo of Veer Mahan. Oh yeah, Veer Mahan is still coming to Raw. I assume he's walking. Ever so um, slowly. It's been, what, like, it's been what, like eight weeks now? Eight weeks, yes. Um, I mean, progression into uh, WWE uh, day one, I guess, with now kind of like um, Bobby Lashley and Big yeah. E there, and now being, uh, you know, heading into day one for the, uh, the WWE Championship. I think that's going to absolutely slap because those two guys, big mm-hmm. meaty men slapping meat is always a good thing. Uh, we had Maurice slapping the Miz after his altercation with oh, Edge, yeah. um, and we had Isn't the stipulation of that match that the winner goes in the Hall of Fame. I I don't I think so. It's uh... <laughs> or something something like that. <laughs> something like that. Uh, I mean, I, the only thing that come, really of note to come through this is that Bobby Lashley had a really had a really good Raw. Like he had. Um, a match with Kevin Owens, and then had a match with um, yeah. Seth Rollins. Both were really... Kevin Owens recently resigned. Yes, which again I think much to the surprise of a lot of people. But you know what? Fair play to his reasoning. I want to make money for my family. Yeah, yeah. Is, what can you say? What can you say to that? Do I do I dislike WWE as an institutional company? Yes, but I will always say to people, no, get the bag. Exactly. Oh, and there was this very weird promo involving Austin Theory and Mr. McMahon. 
oh. where where Vince was comparing Austin to a pencil. That's... I truly feel like he has lost it. <laughs> he has become see. He is, I mean, he is old enough now, so he has become truly senile. <laughs> a pencil. I'm just confused by everything. <laughs> As is everyone. So that's pretty much what happened on Raw. Um, yeah. Did you watch NXT by any chance? Take a guess. <laughs> Possibly not. You'll know in that no. case. You'll <laughs> no. know, of course, that M A M S K Shaman is riddle of all people, which of I, it's I, which be. which I still don't understand because it could. You had Rob Van Dam on a silver platter. You, yeah, you no, had Rob. Rob, Van... Rob yeah, but Rob's like uh, just going off doing whatever now. He's on the jolly. He, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, ever since you know marrying Katie Forbes, he really has been on the jolly and then stuff. He, he he married Katie Forbes and then said, "I'm going to start a company that sells rolling papers." So I assume he's just on bank now. Yes. Oh, may I add as well in the segment involving Riddle and MSK, Riddle brought out the Spinner US Championship. Of course. <laughs> uh, we had Grayson Waller. Um, answering his vicious attack, explaining why uh, he he just didn't like Johnny Gargano. That's 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 all, really. Cheers, Jeff. <laughs> we had uh, Harlan's debut. Um, it's I you know Parker Bordeaux was I thought was a really strong name for a wrestler, but apparently not. I thought we had a really no, strong we look need as well. Gunner Harlan. Yes. Um. Andre Chase versus Tony D'Angelo in quite a, an entertaining yeah. match, uh, especially, when, especially when uh, a section of uh, of the audience were uh, were cheerleading for uh, Chase U, uh, and Tony oh, D'Angelo was going, forget about it. <laughs> uh, but we also had a, re- a really good main event uh, of Bron Breaker versus Roderick Strong. Nice, yeah. stiff, fast as anything. I tell you this much, Bron's got the Frankenstein of Dan better than his uncle. I, and that's yeah, but that coming was from me. But that was the thing that made it spicy, though. <laughs> was that Scott could spike himself on the head every so time he did like, it? Will, will Scott spike them, himself, or both? <laughs> uh, he, uh, well, it's safe to say that Bron has a safer pair of hands with it. I'm just yes. I'm waiting for the uh, for the breaker screwdriver now, uh, and I feel like the 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 uh, the transformation will be complete. I'm I'm telling you, I honestly think they're gonna hot shot him. I f- you I, think feel, so? I feel honestly, I agree. Um, with the way he's being well portrayed, the way he's gone down well, I think mm-hmm. not only just backstage, but with a with an, a sizable audience. I f- and the way he his look as well, uh, yeah. I think Vince will will skyrocket him. He will strap the rocket on Bron Breaker. Yeah. Um. Still think he should be yeah. called Rex Steiner though. He should be Rex Steiner, but I know he there's a whole thing about Steiner. using the Steiner name. So. Because <laughs> uh... Triple H is afraid of Scott. <laughs> but um. No, I think my biggest thing of NXT though now is it kind of echoes the thing that someone else said. I'm trying to remember who. But like it feels like you know when you like you know when you have like a fighting game series, right? Mm-hmm. And then they do like the here's our 
like the here's our latest installment we're like revitalizing the series yes. and they just throw in a bunch of extra characters you have no idea who they are so basically, oh, so you're yeah. basically saying nxt 2.0 is the street fighter 3 of the wwe almost <laughs> <laughs> yeah that makes sense <laughs> they just they just throw a bunch of people in and i'm just there and i'm like i have no idea who any of you are but cool I... <laughs> makes me wonder now what tony d'angelo would be like in tekken i mean tell me you yeah, that, man. I'm I'm pretty good there, you know leroy smith like... versus tony d'angelo <laughs> <laughs> Tell me that you wouldn't want to see that FGC. Cody versus Cody from. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Well, no! Oh no! Could you imagine that? Well, one day. Oh god, no! He would do it one day because Kenny has cosplayed as Cody for a Street Fighter Five ad. So there with Cody go. versus Cody, <laughs> could possibly happen. And they do have, and AEW do have that sweet deal with Capcom, so. I mean that now you've manifested it, Dan. It will happen. Oh, gee, I, we have to be careful what we manifest. We have to be careful what we bring. <laughs> now I would say my especially... joke, but I'm not going to for the safety of everyone else. <laughs> but um, yeah. Again, I... NXT. I don't know. I just feel like I, I feel like I have no reason to care anymore. But maybe that's just because I am. I was so attached to old NXT. I think a lot of people are still. Um, I mean, I mean, anyone I talk to, I think we're all completely still attached to the black and gold. So, and it's nothing. It's not a dig at all of these guys that have been coming in, the new faces that have been coming in. I just think it's the whiplash effect of how rapid the change was. Yeah, that has not helped them. Um, I still can't. I know that a part of me still is like I still can't really get with the color scheme. Still, if you know what I mean. I mean, uh, right now I would say please just drop the two because it's been long enough. Now you can just call it NXT at this point. Yeah, you've done the change. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe after that, maybe I could be a bit more comfortable with it. But the fact that they're still trying to hammer home this is the new. NXT. You know, the four kids version of NXT. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, gosh. And they'd still dub over Pete Dunne's voice with an American voice. <laughs> Should we get to SmackDown? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yes. All I know about SmackDown is that no one is free from Brock's monster booking. <laughs> Even the tribal chief himself. Mm. It is a black hole to which there is no escape, huh? Yeah, pretty much. That's why he's in dungarees now. I get it. Because he's got to keep it in somehow, isn't he? <laughs> dungarees are... Like, he's just a farmhand now. Oh, He just literally just comes off of the farm, f by someone, and then goes back to tending to his... He's he is yeah. fully embracing the the his childhood in Webster, South Dakota. That's a damn sure. He because he Absolutely. did grow up as a farm boy, so he did. He did. That is that he credits his um his weird strength to just being a farmhand most of his life. 
but I, I tell you this much about Brock. Now that he is become like he is like a face and Roman is a heel, I don't know. I see different. There's like a different energy to Brock nowadays. Like he seems like he's yeah. enjoying himself a lot more. Maybe that's just mm. me from a pure observation. Brock getting, getting the bag for turning up for like twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> He seems to enjoy, like, the crowd reactions, especially with the Sami Zayn stuff. He looked like he yeah. really enjoyed that. Fair play to him. I'm glad to see that he, he seems to kind of really kind of be in his element now. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I like it. Him and Sami Zayn are actually quite funny. Oh, my man. Hilarious. Maybe that was... Maybe him being kind of put into that kind of program... Maybe that'll keep Sammy, Sammy in the company as well. Because I don't think Sammy... I know it's a weird thing because they're both their own people and they both have gone off and done their own different things uh, and splintered off in their own careers. But I feel like Sammy and Kevin, I don't think, you know, both of them, I guess, would be kind of like the... Um, I guess would be the examples of to which they follow. So, see, if my friend's yeah. going to stay... Maybe he sees something that I could, and you know, I'll I'll stick yeah. by him. Uh, maybe I'll I keep here as well. I, I think a lot of people just want to see Kevin and Sammy just fight forever as well. <laughs> yeah, just every so often, not like every year, please. <laughs> and please, just no, once a year, and no more Jake Paul, please. Yeah, please, God, please, no more Jake Paul. <laughs> uh, I still can't believe they're keeping up with Two Hundred Five Live. Well, they just need to just just call it like N NXT B two. Just call oh. it like NXT Extra or Nextra. Uh, oh, don't say that, Dan. They'll do that. <laughs> just call it anything else because it's Bately not two o five live. <laughs> that is yeah. true. That is true. But um. That is pretty much all I've got in terms of this week uh, in review. Oh, of course, you know, Roman has now fired Paul Heyman and beat the crap out of him. As you do. As as one does, because as Paul said, he was trying to protect Roman from Brock Lesnar. And that gave Roman the impetus yeah. to go, look, I'm the needle mover. Now I'm going to hit you with a chair. <laughs> Actually, no, he super bad punched him, then attempted to hit him with a chair. And that's when Brock came out in his, uh, in his Lee dungarees. <laughs> so that's pretty much that was Smackdown uh, uh, to a T <laughs> yeah but AEW that's actually Winter is Coming was a very very good event and um, mm. props to uh, to Tony Khan for um, having the Danielson page match be the opening match and for it to go 60 minutes to a time limit draw that's some ballsy stuff yeah. for a TV pro uh, for a TV show yeah. well I think I think they knew the context of what they had in terms of a, you know, having it go sixty minutes, mm. like it's it's a it's a huge risk to take, but yeah. <laughs> I think it paid off. I reckon it did. I reckon it did because there were some really after that there were some actually quite solid moments. We had uh, a promo from Malachi Black teasing. A king entering the House of Black, which, you know, if, you know, rumours to go by and the news is to go by, that could signal that Brody King is going to be the newest member of the House mm -hmm. of Black. 
Uh, Serena Deeb versus Hikaru Shida. Yep. Uh, was an incredibly good match. Uh, the diamond, uh, the diamond ring final between Dante Martin and MJF was a very solid match. Dante Martin, with I think with each and every match this year, has been you know has been getting more and more popular, and it's really great to see because he's something else, man. In terms of um, uh, innov- innovative high flying maneuvers, dude is absolutely agile and such kind of like I feel like most of the time he's like a jazz musician because I feel like he improvises when he's in the ring half the time and of course with, and of course without uh, with Rampage we had the Bucks Adam Cole and Bobby Fish facing uh, facing the best friends um, yeah. Trent's I mean Trent's new look is uh, is uh, he, he looks like a guy you would never not want to mess with. You know what I mean? Hear me out here. He looks suspiciously like John Moxley. Yes! Yes, he does! <laughs> suspiciously, huh? Have they cloned John Moxley? I think Trent's mum would have, uh, have would have words if they found if 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 she found out that uh, that his that her son was uh, was a clone of John Moxley. <laughs> but uh no all around really solid um, event. Rampage and Winter is coming for AEW. They've massively teased some uh, new people coming in for the Christmas Dynamite, the the last Dynamite on TNT, and the first Dynamite on TBS. Um, it's really positive times, and it looks like they really are ramping up um, everything in the lead up to Battle of the Belts. Yep. Interesting to see who's going to be coming in. Uh, and coming uh, into the company. Um, I mean, I think it's a foregone conclusion at this point that Kyle O'Reilly probably will be there. Because they really have made it, kind of like with CM Punk, they've made it a real kind of obvious thing that uh, Kyle might be coming in. But we shall wait and see. I assume it's probably going to be Kyle O'Reilly, probably the Briscoes, not that I really want to see them, but... (laughs) (laughs) You You know, know, in among... In amongst other reasons, of which is that I'm just honestly not really the biggest fan of the Briscoes anyway. Mm. No. Like, I, 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 there are many other reasons why people don't like them. <laughs> but um, that's not the main factor. Yeah. I agree. I agree on that one. But, um, um, no, there's, there's, some, there's some really, really cool stuff going. I can't wait. Cannot wait. But um, is there anything else in the news, Dan, or are we kind of... Well done. I think we're done. Awesome. Recommendation Corner. What have you got for us this week? So, Recommendation Corner. I have... It's it's a bit of a Marvel Recommendation Corner, as I have seen No Way Home. Hey. I have, I have seen the Arachno Boy movie. <laughs> it is... So, um, I, I will admit... I was like, because the Matrix Resurrections exist, it was always the B-tier movie for me this Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Which which is crazy for me to say, because everyone knows I love Spider-Man, but when it comes to my life, Matrix comes first. Yes. It was a very good movie. And without spoiling, it's Willem Dafoe so fucking good at his job, it's unreal. It blew my mind to know that Willem Dafoe did his own stunts 
in this film. Yeah, yeah. He actively... Well, he actively... It's Willem Dafoe. He's a yeah. madman. No. He is a madman. And... <laughs> you know how much I sacrificed? No, my God. Listen. If the Raimi films showed that Willem Dafoe can throw hands and... <laughs> I would simply say that No Way Home shows that in the 20 years since, he can still throw fucking hands. It is actually rather insane. Oh, right. That way yes, I feel it, like I have to see it. Yes, you have to check it out. And also, check out Hawkeye. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. There's a Christmas recommendation for you. Exactly, a little Christmas yeah. Marvel recommendation for you. Can I and... do um, a little recommendation myself? Mm-hmm. Yes, you may. Uh, so, just to do a quick little recommendation, now that uh, Baby Metal are now on functionally indefinite hiatus... No! I didn't know that! Crap. Yes, they are. They have been since October. Darn. But, but, I have found another band. <laughs> oh, God. The incredibly titled Bandmaid, hmm, who right. in, just in the late October released a free single EP called um, called Sense. Shit slaps. Go listen to it. <laughs> it is on Spotify. You can listen to it there. Yes. Oh, and um, yeah. Oh, just to uh, let people know that speaking of um, recommendations and stuff, um, just to let you know that um, by the, by next um, week we will be living in a post Matrix Resurrections world. A fact that is terrifying. Yes. <laughs> We've been talking about it for months now, and now the time is nigh. The time is nigh. I am so freaking excited for that. Oh, can I make a quick one as well? And maybe a self-indulgent one. Um, If you didn't know, uh, last, or this week, or by the time this goes out, last week, myself, Dan, and Reardon, uh, we did a very special Jackbox stream over on my channel. uh, And we were joined by some really special guests. Uh, We were joined by uh, Mm -hmm. content creator Cherry Chase, uh, the editor for OSW Review, Reload Last Save. And we were joined by New Legacy's very own Mr. Dino Winwood as well. Uh, It was an absolute laugh and a joy uh, to do that one and to be joined by them lot. So the VOD is still up on my channel, which is on twitch.tv forward slash Sam the VA mod. Have a have a watch of it and just get over mm-hmm. how good Dino is at doing a Terry Funk voice, as well as Chris is at doing a Terry Funk voice. <laughs> as you said, Dad, it is one of those moments where you go, "Fucking hell, how did I make it here?" Yeah, yeah. How did I get here? <laughs> Truly awesome. All right, but with all of that, it is time to get on to our main portion of this episode: the TNA Christmas Impact. From the 20th of December, 2007. Oh, boys, what was it like coming back to TNA at this time when it was when it was really popular? It felt so weird. It feels so strange. It's such of its time now. It's such a... Oh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's such a fever dream. It's yeah. such a fever dream. <laughs> so it was so strange for me knowing kind of like we're plopping ourselves into this time period when i'm realizing just how many like 
peeps have come and gone. How many peeps are now in the WWE as well mm-hmm. <laughs> from this show? And a couple, actually, from AEW. Um, yeah. Crazy. And this is, again, hugely popular at this time. And this is when I was really in my peak TNA watching and uh, a massive fan of all of these peeps, especially... Uh, Especially the guns. I was a massive fan of the Motor City Machine oh, yeah. guns. It's, well, I still am. I'm not going to Still am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was quite a nostalgia trip for me to watch this one. So before we get into reviewing and going down the card, would you like to know what was going on in the world of wrestling at this time? Oh, hit me oh up. God. 2007. Right. Let's hear this. Okay. So uh, Monday Night Raw on the same night uh, as uh, as this TNA impact was taped they were take they were actually celebrating the 15th anniversary of Monday night raw so this is oh, the 15th anniversary episode from Bridport Connecticut USA uh, an attendance i believe oh sorry it was at the arena at harbor yard doesn't have the attendance but it has a 4.1 rating uh, on uh, nielsen rating on the usa network Commentated by Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. I will go down the card for you in this one. So the dark match. I shit you not, the dark match. Harry Smith versus Steve Carino. Oh, wow. (laughs) Holy crap. Are you sure this isn't fucking MLW? No, (laughs) I kid you not. Harry Smith versus Steve Carino in a dark match and Harry picked up the win. Jesus. That's that is nuts. Um, the opening match for this Raw though was an Intercontinental Title ladder match, uh, pitting uh, the champion Jeff Hardy against Carlito, in uh, in, eh? in a very yeah. sizable thirteen minute forty five second match, and Jeff Hardy picked up the win wow. to retain the title. <laughs> and again on the opposite spec our side on the opposite side of that spectrum we have a singles match. In which Rob Van Dam defeated Santino Morella in 44 seconds. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we had a six man tag match which saw the reunion of Evolution, Batista, Flair, and Triple H defeating Rated RKO and Umanga! <laughs> oh my god. But they beat them by, oh by a DQ in four minutes, ten seconds. Of course they would. <laughs> Uh, we had uh, after that we had a no contest singles match with the great Carly with his uh, manager Rajin Singh going up against Hordswoggle. Ah uh, yes, uh... yes, 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 yes. Um, and then after that we had the fifteenth anniversary battle royale. Unfortunately for this gimmick battle royale, we did not have the Iron Sheik because you know fuck the Kaz wrong. Wrong. Exactly, but we, but I shall list who we had in this battle royale. So go on. In alphabetical order: Al Snow, Bart oh. Gunn, what? Bart Gunn, Mister Bob Backland, what? <laughs> Doink the Clown, yeah. what? <laughs> Flash Funk, what? Right. Gangrel. Okay. Okay. Gilberg. What? Erwin okay. R. Shyster. What? Jim Neidhart. Pete Gas of the Mean Street Posse. 
the re re repo man. Okay, now Sam. I'm still going. I'm still going. Sam, no, 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 no. How much crack have you been smoking? None at all. <laughs> How much crack were they smoking? Oh, by this time, probably lots. Probably lots. Scotty too hotty. Okay, that I can allow that. I can allow that. Sh Sergeant Slaughter. Oh my god. jeez. Oh, Skinner! No. What? Okay. Skinner! Steve Blackman. Hell yeah! Oh, the lethal one. Awesome. Ted DiBiase. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah and the fine. best one of them all, the goon. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> All I'm saying, right, is that I I, I watched this actually in research uh, just to keep up with it because it's on YouTube uh, for everyone to see. And Steve Blackman has has not aged a day when he was last seen in the WWE until like in... this battle royale. And honestly, he hasn't aged since then, since that battle royale. <laughs> I, I mean, that man is a bit of a fitness junkie, so I don't see him yeah. like and coming he's off a bounty of that. hunter as well. <laughs> Which, by the way, I feel like we need to watch if if like the the full pilot is out there. I feel like we need to watch the Steve Blackwood bounty hunter pilot. If the pilot is out there, then by all means, yes. <laughs> oh, but no, Ted DiBiase ended up getting the win in this battle royale. Yeah, probably because he was the one who could move. <laughs> and so, uh, after that, we had the, a world tag team title match. The champions, Lance Kane and Trevor Murdoch, going up against the team of Hardcore Holly and Cody Rhodes. Oh, a newly debuting that. Cody Rhodes. Right. I remember when Cody they set Cody with Hardcore Holly. Yes, uh, Cody and uh, Holly won this to become tag team champions, and uh, it's amazing seeing Trevor Murdoch now as the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, isn't it? I know. It's crazy. And in the main event, and I kid you not, the main event apparently for this, Mr. Kennedy versus Marty Janetti. <laughs> Wow! Wow! Fuck! <laughs> Man, I tell you, Sean was doing favors for Marty that day, wasn't he? What the yeah. actual fuck? <laughs> Who thought this was a good idea? Well, it's the fifteenth anniversary. They couldn't get Brock Lesnar, and I'm pretty sure they couldn't get The Rock, so they had to get Gilberg and Marty and Skinner. Who the fuck actually thought that was a good idea? <laughs> No idea, but I tell you this much, right? The SmackDown, eh, it's it's definitely of its time. I'll tell you this much. Oh no! So, oh, okay. So uh, taped on the uh, on the four, sorry, take uh, sorry, taped on the eleventh of December and broadcast on the fourteenth. Uh, this comes from the TD Gardens in Boston, Massachusetts, and uh, the dark match again. Steve Carino was in the dark match. This time he went up against Kofi Kingston. Hey, that kind of sounds like it would slap. That sounds like a good match, you know. It does, actually. I'm not going to lie. The singles match, the opening match, sees Edge defeat Funaki in 2 minutes 30. Okay. A tag team match of, of the team of Layla and Victoria with their manager, Kenny Dykstra. Okay. Right. Defeats the team of Kelly Kelly and Michelle McCall. Holla, holla. 
In a singles match, right afterwards, Rey Mysterio cleanly defeats Kenny Dykstra in 2 minutes 45. Nice. We had after that a non-title last man standing match uh, with Batista defeating Kane in 14 minutes 51. Okay. We had Festus with Jesse defeating The Miz with John Morrison in 2 minutes 50. Hence, you know, that's why I said, you know, it's off its time. Yeah. (laughs) Biscuits and gravy. Um, We had another no contest in a match between Hornswoggle and the Great Carly because, of course, we needed to run that one back. Yeah. And in a two-on-one handicap match for the main event, The Undertaker defeats the team of Mark Henry and Big Daddy V in five minutes 50. (laughs) Wow. I remember Big Daddy V. I remember that terrifying looking man. <laughs> oh, King Babel. <laughs> we hardly knew thee. <laughs> so that was what the WWE was up to at this time. So let's get to the TNA Christmas Impact. Taped on the 10th of December 2007 and broadcast on the 20th on Spike TV. Your commentary team for this is, of course, the dynamic duo of Mike Tanay and Don West. Certified commentary team. <laughs> from the from Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida, hence why you see a lot of sitcom uh, sets being used in yep. this episode. That's why! Right! I was wondering! Yeah, that's when they were at Universal. Yeah. I was so confused! They were able to have access to every like set lot as well, so... That sweet right. Universal buddy coming in. God. This did. Would you actually know? Would you like to guess what TV rating this did? I have no fucking clue. None of Scooby. Probably like a like a what? One point one point two. Dan, you are so so close. One point one rating. Ooh. Not bad. Oh, that's a close. It's, fun, it's funny to think about now. What do Impact doing a one point two would be like crazy? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Could you imagine them doing that, those numbers on Twitch? That's what I mean. Nuts. So, here we go. We get to the opening. We begin with the most epic of Christmas intros and the TNA voiceover guy telling Santa to shut the hell up and going over the card with the most intense metal Christmas music ever. Ooh, edgy. Oh my god, it's like, it's like getting... I watching it and I was just like it's like getting bricked over the head yes. when we are the attitude error is done when we say it's done <laughs> so yes we have a Christmas chaos cage match let's, hey. let, let's, let, let me just say like this right if TNA of this time was the person it's 1 billion percent wearing affliction t-shirts yes, yes absolutely oh One god percent. yes So we have a Christmas Chaos Cage match, a double North Pole match, a Santa's Workshop Knockout Street Fight, a Silent Night Bloody Night match, a Grab the Reindeer Ladder match, and much, much more. So as the ending says, so dump your eggnog, grab onto your reins, because this is going to be a turbulent sleigh ride. And here I've put in all caps. Reading those... Yeah, sorry. Reading those stipulations, I feel like I'm on drugs. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've put it... In all caps, fucking Russo. This is, this, you know, like when I sent you that tweet the other day about the thing that happened in OVW. Yes. 
<laughs> this is like the most natural conclusion to just completely unfettered booking power for Vince Russo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it really is. <laughs> it really, really is. So, uh, so what do you think as, uh, in terms of opening hype packages go? What do you think, guys? <laughs> I feel like I'm in a fever dream. Yeah, that's it. It's just literally like, oh, oh, we're starting off like this. Oh, I'm just, and then it just never stopped. Oh, it's never. Really like stopped. in terms of foreshadowing, it's actually a uh, a brilliant opening because it foreshadows the absolute hell that's to come. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Believe it. Like I can't. I, you know what still blows my mind? This is a ninety-minute impact, and we only had what four or five matches. Yeah, that was something I was like, what the fuck? I don't, we'll talk about that. We'll, talk, we about we'll that. talk about that. So we cut to Eric Young, dressed as an elf, finishing decorating the tree as he's joined by Jeremy Borash and Crystal for the TNA Christmas party. Eric then introduces them to his family and a freaking lemur. You say he's a monkey, which kind of is like I had to literally pause within two minutes because I was kind of like, "This is actually like something's happening to my brain here." Yeah, something's this, happening. This is not zoologically accurate, and I won't be having it. It's like that's a lemur. That is obviously a lemur. I, I wouldn't mind seriously. No, but it's like I wouldn't mind. If someone just made the made the thing of like that's not a monk that's a lemur and then they make a joke about it, yes. but no, no it's one just, did. just I feel like the whole bold thing... of you to bold of you to assume that one of either Jeff Jarrett or Vince Russo know what a lemur is. <laughs> I feel like maybe the animal handler they called said that they were going to get a capuchin, and then they came in with a lemur and they just had to roll with it. <laughs> Could you imagine that? He's just like. Yeah, we're gonna bring in a monkey, and then he just—he's like—he's like checks it. He like gets the, like the, uh, the enclosure or whatever, the, mm. the cage for the animal, and he just goes, "Oh fuck, I brought a lemur." <laughs> they won't know the difference. Oh, I love it here. Uh, the next part in bullet points. Holy fuck! It's Bushwhacker Luke. Hell yeah! <laughs> and he's doing the whole yeah, fucking. Up. Doing the whole throwing up walk and licking people's heads. <laughs> and we fade to black to the TNA intro and thank God we get, couldn't get there a moment sooner. <laughs> we have, we cut to Matt Morgan in the Which ring. I'm gonna say now technically in TNA in TNA canon, Eric Young is half Kiwi. Yes, yes, because as you said, that was his uncle. <laughs> He is now part of the Bushwhackers. No, as I said, we cut to the intro and we cut to Matt Morgan in the ring announcing the intro uh, for some reason to Christmas Impact. Uh, I've got here, yeah, less said about Matt Morgan, the better. <laughs> they were just there and they are just like, we need to give Matt Morgan something to do for you. To I feel like they, they, were trying to, they were trying to put the heat on Morgan and not Vince Russo for the booking of this. Like I said, they, they, it's like they were trying to make him seem important, but again, as with Matt Morgan, they were like, we need this guy to be really big, really important, and like a really big presence, but just don't give him the title. <laughs> that is that is for true. And now we finally get to our first match, the Christmas Chaos Cage eight-man tag team match. Just Jesus rolls off the Christ. tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> so we have the team of the Latin American Exchange of Hernandez and Homicide, Booker T and Scott Steiner, facing off against beer money before they were beer money 
James yeah. Storm and Robert Roode, and the Rock and Rave Infection, the team of Jimmy Rave and Lance Hoyt. Uh, rest in power, Jimmy Rave. Isn't it crazy to think that Lance Hoyt, a.k.a. Lance Archer, <laughs> <laughs> is around now? <laughs> yeah, still around. It's... And yes, I do mean that murder hawk monster, Lance Archer. Yes. <laughs> it, as, I said, as in AEW's Lance Archer that had a match with John Moxley last year. Yes. Yes, as Dan Housen likes to call him the murder bird. <laughs> it's Good crazy. God. It's crazy. And I'll get to Lance Hoyt in a moment. But um, gosh, it is weird seeing beer money not as beer money. You know, know what I mean? It is really weird seeing them come out separately. It feels wrong. It really does. <laughs> but, uh, oh yeah, I may say, uh, may I add as well, James Storm being accompanied by uh, Miss Jackie Moore and Robert Roode being accompanied by Tracy Brooks as well. Um, it's always really nice to see Jacqueline. It really is. Although Jacqueline, Jacqueline's arms are made of solid marble. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> like she, she's like the Chun Li only with arms. Yes, <laughs> it's like that woman might could break like solid wood with her bare hands. <laughs> Absolutely. I believe um, LAX man, always great to see Homicide uh, wrestling. And I'm a big fan of Homicide. Holler if you hear me, peeps. Always, always. I I enjoy when we get to I, do these and get to have yeah. Scott Steiner in this. I forget how much I was so into LAX at that time. Mm. Oh yeah, I was obsessed. As as I've said to my as I said to my friends, right, that they that they don't have like the same. Like wrestling views of me, I will always have time for Scott Steiner. <laughs> yes, I don't care. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but no, I mean LAX at this time were so good, mm. genuinely so so good. Homicide and Hernandez, one of the best non tag teams that they had in in TNA at that time for sure. Oh yeah, um, Booker's TNA ripoff of the rap sheet uh, theme. What are your thoughts <laughs> on that? You know. I actually have always been kind of like, if you're gonna do it, it's not, it's not too bad to be honest. Like, is it, is it perfect? God no, but like, it does the job. I've always thought it does the job. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Especially coming off of um, so long being as King Booker. Yeah, it. I think the thing about it is, it feels like. Um... How do I describe it? This is going to sound so stupid. You know when you listen to a song that's got swearing in it and then you hear the clean version? Yes. Yes. It's the same, but it's just yeah. ever so slightly off that you hear it and you're like, this is what I know, but it isn't. <laughs> agreed. Agreed on that one. Um, this is when I, in Booker's entrance, uh, this is when I noticed that there's actual Christmas lights uh, in the cage grating and bows oh, yeah. on each corner of the cage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I gotta say, the actual cage design, I really like it. I really like it. They did a very Look, good job. Right? If you're gonna do this, go all the way and yeah. go camp the shit. Yes. Yeah. It's only Vince Russo knows how. 
<laughs> so, um, notes. Anything worthy of note uh, of this match? I mean, because of course it starts with James Storm and Scott Steiner with uh, with Scott doing mm-hmm. his big Papa Pump finest. Yep, yep. Just Scott Steiner being Scott Steiner. That's all I came here for. Exactly. <laughs> oh, we, of course we had LAX making mincemeat of Jimmy Rave, and of course yep. we had the big power moves from Hernandez. <laughs> Um, and this match, I mean, this I've... is this is this is just a side note for me, but oh my god, I love the border toss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, especially it's when it's a guy, a very light guy that he could really throw. It looks absolutely vicious. <laughs> uh, this match goes a hundred miles per hour, and it does not pump the brakes one bit. Yeah, it just ends. Uh, so, like, rude catapults homicide into the cage, uh, and we cut to a break. When we come back, we've got Lance Hoyt throwing homicide to the into the cage as well, uh, and then I mean I tell you what, right? Lance Archer looks so different, but I feel like he has not lost a step since two thousand and seven. No, 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 he has. He's only gotten better. <laughs> yeah, if anything, he has got better. <laughs> but uh, and then it comes to a hot tag to Booker. A- Big old spine buster from him, and it's all that chaos. There is no tagging anymore, and everyone's just beating the the crap out of one yeah. another. Bookend to Jimmy Rave, and we get the win. Like, straight yeah. out of nowhere, bookend, and it's boom. Yeah. There we go, it's, done. Yeah, it's weird as hell, because it's like, yeah, I'm like, because I was like, yeah, I'm warming up to this, but oh, it's done? What the fuck? <laughs> they realized they had time, and they were just like, oh. <laughs> I was going to say, guys, you've only got this amount of time. Get your spots in. You come and hope you're going to then take it home. Yeah, it, it's kind of ridiculous how quickly it goes. Uh, it, it, uh, again, I mean, for me, yeah, a very quick 100 miles per hour match. Get your spots in. It's a passable opening match, if you say, yeah. if I say so. No, I it is. I think, I think it, it actually does quite well as an opener. Hmm. Uh, it gets everyone hot, it gets everyone going, and then, like, it's quite good to have lots of high energy before the break for all the segments and stuff. Exactly, exactly. So, with all of that said, what is your rating for this match? And let's start off with, with, with uh, as always, let's start with Reardon and his rating. I'm going to give it a, I'm gonna give it a very, very, very solid three, three out of five. Very solid. I just it just ends mm. it like it ends before I can give it the half star. <laughs> like, yeah, it's weird as hell. <laughs> Dan, what is your rating for this? Uh, I'm gonna go probably just slightly above my middle, so two and three quarter. <laughs> I'm be- am I being facetious? Yes. When am I not? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think I think it's a good it's a good little opener. It gets everyone hot. It gets everyone going. And it's quite good to have kind of a bunch of people out there that you know can just kind of go and do stuff mm-hmm. for mm. like 10, 15 minutes, and then you know let people kind of cool down while you do the segments. Mm. So I quite I quite like it. Yeah, I have the I have the same reasoning for that, and and I give it a two point five out of five. Uh, for there that you go. reason, we covered as well. the entire spread. Exactly, exactly. Again, as I said, a passable opening match. Um, everyone managed to get a moment in that as well. Um, and uh, well, you know, Scott Steiner's just Scott Steiner, man. Yep. 
<laughs> so we go back to the TNA Christmas party with everyone patiently waiting for Santa. Eric Young, for some reason, is giving the evil eye to a stuffed reindeer as the uh, as the doorbell rings, hoping that it's Santa, but it's only the beautiful people. Much to EY's sadness. <laughs> so Velvet Sky and Angelina Love want to, uh, as they put it, service the guests. And that's when Eric introduces them to his cousins. Yes. This is the whole thing, but like wrestling at this time was just egregiously horny. Oh, it's mm. it's. Again, actually, I say that when has wrestling not been egregiously horny? <laughs> that is true. I mean, the door the, so the doorbell goes off again, and no, it's not Sansa, but it's ODB. <laughs> And oh god, she wants to know where the bar is. ODB is such an interesting character in wrestling to try and think about. Yes. Because on one hand, I'm there and I'm like, you know, it's really cool that there's like a major company showcasing a a woman wrestler that's so counter to how they show all other women wrestlers. Hmm. Like, I really feel on TNA's part, they took a big risk in bringing in ODB. Yeah. And, like, obviously part of it is that, obviously, she reflects and responds really well to their kind of crowd, because, you know, they were, what, Tennessee for a lot of time? Yes, for the longest (laughs) time, yeah. So Tennessee, Florida, Georgia. So I get why maybe people from those kind of areas would like her. It's kind of like preaching to the choir, isn't it, really? <laughs> but on the other is. hand, but on, on the other hand, though, I'm there and I'm like, yeah, they had this, they had her literally just come out every single, like, edition of Impact and just fucking grab her titties and just, like, make <sighs> sex jokes. Yes. Yes, and it only got more. I don't know where that fits into the wider program. <laughs> I was gonna say it only got more hornier once they had that pro- where she had that program with Eric Young down the line. But that's that's so getting way say. ahead of myself. <laughs> way ahead of myself. The doorbell goes off again, and it's Awesome Kong. Oh, God, is it good to oh, see Awesome yeah. Kong? Ah, uh, it it just never gets old seeing Awesome Kong. God, man, Kong is uh, and was so freaking amazing, um, and such an important part of the Knockouts division at this time. Such an I mean, important as, part. As, as I've said, right, of this time, there were arguably no greater women wrestlers in the West than Awesome Kong and Gail Kim. Yeah, yeah, they Without straight up changed. Question. The, the perspective absolutely I mean I know a lot of people like to talk about the women's revolution but I feel like Kong and Gail Kim's names need really need to be put in that oh, conversation as well huge time oh. absolutely uh, so this leads us to our next match match 2 the double north pole 6 man tag team match the team of Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns going up against Team 3D and Johnny Divine. So, Team 3D first come out, all both of the with Devon and uh, Bubba dressed as Santa, with Bubba pulling off that outfit all too well, if you ask me. And Johnny Divine dressed as an elf who really should have worn tights with that outfit. No. Trunks <laughs> only. Trunks only. Trunks only for that <laughs> elf costume. 
Uh, so uh, Bubba gets on the mic and starts cutting a promo, wishing everyone a, a Merry Christmas. Oh, that's nice. And he takes the opportunity to introduce their opponents and would like to apologise to them. And with that, uh, little people come out dressed as Jay Lethal and the guns to come out and sit on Bubba's lap. And here I've got again, in all caps, fucking Russo. <laughs> Actually, mind yeah. you, it could be a combination of Russo and Jarrett, because they're both egregious of having little people skits during the early days of TNA. I don't know what it is. It's weird as hell. Um, a little Jay Lethal at one moment, uh, at one point, went, ooh, yeah! Um, which um, shocks the hell out of me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but finally, after much suffering, uh, thank God that Saban and Shelley and uh, and Lethal enter and end this suffering for all of us. And here we have a pole match. Two poles for the price of one, gentlemen. <laughs> Oh, it's the gift that keeps on giving, eh? So both poles have match stipulations on them. Uh, the two being Ultimate X and a plate glass table match. And the winner is the team who can grab the opposing stocking uh, from the from the, from the the opposite side of the ring. It wouldn't be Russo without overcomplicating a thing that doesn't need to be complicated. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> So we start. We strike the iron hot with this match. Saban doing his lightning quick offense and 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 uh, uh, hold and holds a uh, hold offense. Um, Saban, oh man! Look, uh, especially at this time, this an opportunity to say the Motor City Machine Guns are should be regarded as the goated tag team of the two thousands. Oh, oh, absolutely! Right, people, people throw up like tag teams of that period and the, and like the the slight period afterwards and they get they say the box but it's the guns i don't care all right like, let's be honest right I'm, I'm gonna call it right now the bucks would be nowhere near as popular as they were if it weren't for that rivalry with the guns thank you they would not be as popular as they are we're not for the guns but no, I'm right there with you. Right there with you, Dad. They were so lightning quick in their off, like their double team offense, and it sh yeah. and you know there are some really good examples. Also, I really was always a big fan of the Mo City Machine Guns ring gear. Oh, Alex yeah. Shelley's especially. It's great. <laughs> so uh, Johnny Devine cuts Saban off with arm trapped stomps and immediately goes for the stockings. Uh, but is thwarted by Shelley and Jay. Uh, uh, Shelley gets the hot tag in, and I, I know, like, there was a moment in the promo with uh, with Bubba saying uh, he'll just go on the internet and moan about how uh, go on the internet with the marks and, and moan about how he's not being given opportunities. But uh, what I will say, even if that was like a worked promo, a worked shoot. Uh, you can't deny that how incredibly popular Alex Shelley was with the TNA crowd. Yeah. Mm. They loved him, and for good reason. Shelley was over and then some. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, throughout his entire career, I don't think one person in the backstage in the in, in the creative team noticed how over she Alex Shelley was. I, I genuinely think, because like, I don't know if it's a being of this time thing or how things were going or the company or whatever mm. 
But I, I sincerely believe, because I, I can say from my experience when I was watching, when I was watching TNA at the time, mm. I fucking loved Alex Shelley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he was, he was always one of my favorites, and he was always the guy that I'd be like, yeah, that's who I want to see. And I just, like, they never really got behind him. Aside from when he got his, like, his X Division title run, which was, like, nothing. Yeah. And no. the, same, the same goes for Chris Sabin, too. Mm. I mean, even though he got a, a like a, a world title win down the line, uh, that was part of the whole Aces and Eights storyline. I still feel like he was playing second. Even then, he was playing second fiddle when he was world champion, because it yeah, was like, oh wait, no, Hogan. To, Hogan's the one. The reason why. Aces and Eights. Yeah, exactly. But, um, no, like Alex Shelley's so good, and I'm so happy he gets his flowers now. Hmm. But he should have been getting flowers and titles back then. I'm sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not sorry, actually. <laughs> no, do you know, better. Yeah, exactly. Do better, wrestling industry. Anyway, uh, we have Devon choking Shelly on the ropes with Bubba trash talking in his face. And Inzagiri and Shelly sees the opening to grab the stocking, but then is thwarted with a big superplex from Devon. That was a yeah. that is a that was a giant superplex. I think Shelley went all the way across the ring with that one. Just tossed him. <laughs> uh, and now I've got here, and now Bubba's in. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> a tag into Jay, and he's full on Macho Man mode here. He is Black Machismo, and then some at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little nice arm wrench and drop kick combo sees Jay go for the stocking but is cut off by Bubba who tosses him across the ring whilst his pants fall down like he, the problem with Bubba during this whole thing is that he was trying his best to keep his pants on <laughs> it's just like every time moment you would just see Bubba just readjusting his like trousers it's like oh god oh, they're falling down oh god um, we got a we got a um a stocking attempt to grab it from Bubba, but Jay builds a head of steam, uh, gets him off there, but then is immediately cut down with a clothesline from Bubba. And we go to the commercial break. And the action has spilled outside as we come back. A dusty elbow from Bubba, followed by the up attempt, as Shelly throws Devon off the top rope. Lethal then grabs Bubba, and little Alex Shelly does the up instead. <laughs> Just made it. Just made it. Good job. <laughs> um, <laughs> Divine does look to have this one, but Saban cuts him off and directs little Jay Lethal <laughs> and Shelly to grab Divine's feet and pull him down. But then Devon has little Saban thrown at him and Jay, uh, by Jay, but he low blows Devon uh, after Devon was about to go for a scoop slam on uh, little Saban. Oh gosh, right, here we go. So, a nice little double team here from team uh, to Team 3D, but then is, because uh, I believe that, yeah, the guns did total elimination, like a, almost like a picture perfect total elimination. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, to end that, we have an elbow drop by Jay and little Jay. <laughs> and Shelly gets the stocking for the win, and the ultimate X match is set up for next year. <sighs> not the worst pole match I've ever seen, but it's certainly nothing to write home about. But the, the worst part is the pole match. It's that simple. Yeah. 
but here's the thing. Uh, this rivalry, I really like the Guns Team 3D rivalry because I think they actually generally worked really well as a t- as like a, as as like opposing forces. The you know the established veterans, uh, the legendary tag team going up against um, two of the most um, like the most up and coming amazing um, wrestlers mm-hmm. you've ever seen at that point. Uh, just, oh, just, again, I can't write home about how much I love the guns. <laughs> yes, I really do like the Motor City Machine Guns. I'm sorry, guys. No, that's it. That's it, really. That's it, really. So, final rating for this match. Hmm. Dan, I'll let you go first on this one. <laughs> um, I'm really not sure. I've been kind of fli- I was kind of flip flopping between uh quite a few like quite a few for it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I feel like I'm maybe being a little bit harsh here. <clears throat> I'm I'm really I'm not sure. I think I'm gonna go. Ah, I'm stuck. Oh, you're stuck, aren't you? Think okay, you... I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna commit to it. Go on. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for free. I'm gonna go for free. free. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm gonna that. say yes, despite all the silly bollocks in it. <laughs> It is really good, and they do actually work really well together. Mm. Yeah. I uh, think I'm going to go for a 2.999 receding. <laughs> just because of that. It's a pole match, and the pole match, it's just, what is pole mm, match? I know. Man. It's just annoying. It is. It's, Society has moved beyond the need for pole matches. Yes. <laughs> It's it's a really difficult thing to... Uh, I, I imagine it's a difficult thing as a wrestler, uh, as well as a yeah, viewer, to kind is. of watching how do you structure a pole match. Because mm. the thing I said before is that like a ladder match is good because the objective is centralised. Mm-hmm. But a pole match is on one of the turnbuckles. Yeah. So everything obviously gets lopsided. I know they try to solve that by having the the two poles and everything and obviously that actually that because it was a six-sided ring it makes it easier mm, yeah either way you have a center line yeah yeah but even still it just makes everything really awkward i think <laughs> agreed um uh, that is why you're probably going to be surprised the pair of you um that i've given this one a two out of five Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As much as as you know how you know well these uh these two worked, they have had they would have and have had far better tag team matches. Um, yeah. Than you know. This you one. know what? Actually, I'm I'm going to change mine. I'm I'm going two and a two and a half. I'm going <laughs> two and a half. <laughs> I think the silly bollocks doesn't justify a higher score than a two out of five from me. Yeah. No, I'm going. I'm changing to two and a half. Fair there so let's get to the next segment santa claus is coming to town karaoke as we're back at the christmas party 
Kong is standing standing menacingly as the cousins berate her, berate her and then she can't take any much, much more of this and beats the living crap out of them. <laughs> Doorbell rings and thank God for Kevin Nash. <laughs> Beer and whiskey in hand and looking cool as always. <laughs> Nash is the only person who actually looks like he belongs at that party. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, we get ODB and the beautiful people starting uh, starting a brawl by the bar, and Nash Nash just watches and gets paid whilst the knockouts all brawl. That's that, that's literally what I put. That, that is yeah. that Kevin Nash at this time of DNA. He just watches and just gets paid. Yes, that uh, the whole. Oh, I man. bet you like a hundred quid that basically Kevin Nash wrote that segment in for himself. Yeah, yeah, yes. It would not surprise me. And we go to the commercial break, and we when we come back, we've got Eric and the Lima cleaning the floor. <laughs> because of course. Uh, and to then we and to then who enters? Who shall enter? But none other than our TNA World Heavyweight Champion Kurt Angle, being accompanied by Karen. <laughs> All right. God. Yo, Karen Angle doing something freaky with that dress. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. That's a very, very. I should not have drunk water as Dad said that. (laughs) I mean, Dad is not. All I'm saying is, personally, it wouldn't be my choice. (laughs) I think it's a bit too much. I. I don't know. I think she. I believe she makes it work. <laughs> so, we don't see much of her pretty much after she enters, though, because then it comes to just Kurt trying to tell Eric that Santa doesn't exist, and Eric thinks that he's just joking with him. Uh, with the quote being, "You know, Eric, Santa's a cartoon character, like a uh, like Spider Man or, or, or Shrek. Oh, uh, like Shrek and Santa are the same person." And then Kurt just says, "Where's the booze?" As he's had enough. <laughs> Which. It sounds like he just thought that about this entire taping. <laughs> For true. As we get to match three, the Santa's Workshop nine-way street fight. Awesome Kong versus oh, the beautiful no. people versus Christy Heavy versus Jackie Moore versus Miss Brooks versus ODB versus Roxley Laveau versus Gail Kim. <laughs> so, let us set the scene. A toy box is set up in the middle of the ring as the knockouts make their entrance and the camera guy is obviously being told to shoot at a very low angle as they make their entrance Ugh. <laughs> once again right we're not we're not gonna act like the beautiful people's entrance was not just designed for horny teenagers oh without question <laughs> so i've got here a picture in picture of the beautiful people with samoa joe with joe with a look on joe's face that says why did I leave Ring of Honor for this? <laughs> Do you remember Joe? The near two-year reign he had as ROH champion? The iconic match he had against Kenta Kobashi? And he's in TNA. Joe really said no horny. <laughs> no horny whatsoever. <laughs> And the last person that comes in is the knockouts champion, Gail Kim, and directly goes for Awesome Kong. Kim and Kong are outside as the rest of the knockouts start and brawl in the ring. 
It's all spilled outside as uh, a massive dive onto the uh, from the ramp uh, onto Kong from Kim. Uh, it's then followed by a ginormous spear into the wall. Uh, and then after that, I really do not have much to say about this. Um, what I will say, though, is that Roxy Laveau put some mustard into her big boot to Christy Heavy. Like, she was fully determined to say, yeet to Christy Heavy in that moment. <laughs> Uh, another moment I guess I've got down here is that when Angelina Love was trapped in the toy box by ODB and then ODB <laughs> does jumps off of the box for a ginormous Lufez press. Uh, uh, oh, a commentary uh, a commentary anecdote here from Don West. A little spank action. Oh no. To which I put... Don. To which I put, Don, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we get Kong making her way back into the ring without Gail Kim. Kong cleans house, a ginormous Batista bomb to call it for the free in 3 minutes 40 seconds. I can't lie, when watching this, it felt more like 23. Yes. It did. It did. Yes, it absolutely did. But it doesn't end there as Gail Kim emerges from backstage and a brawl ends proceedings. <sighs> She gets some mustard on the steel chair shot. Absolutely. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. To be fair, that. though, she probably did that because she was like, if I do this too light, then Awesome Kong just won't feel it, and that just won't stand with me. <laughs> I have to uh, fire everything at Awesome Kong. Yeah. Fire! Fire! <laughs> Again, this was another match to... This was another get-your-shit-in-at-100-miles-per-hour sort of match, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. And... I put I put a note here of my kind of my own thoughts. I I feel like the knockouts clearly needed more than what Russo was giving them at this time. Yeah, that's called Vince Russo. Any company that Vince Russo is in that also has women's wrestling, give them more. Mm. But I guess the I guess like at least Gale and Con were the shining lights in this division and were kind of really going out there and going, oh well, no, wait, actually no, look, look, we can actually have compelling and flipping good wrestling matches. Yes, which they did on the regular. On the on the very regular. Uh, as a matter of fact, I believe Con's retirement match was against uh, Gail Kim. Mm-hmm. Um, what a poetic way to end 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 a career as good as Kong's was. But uh, no, I mean, anything else to say from this, chaps? Not really. I'm not really, to be honest. It's just a it's just a match, to be quite I feel honest. Like I need a shower after watching it. I I agree. <laughs> I agree. Oh, on that note. What is your rating for this match, fellas? Ah, uh, one and a half. One and a half. It's awesome. Kong is there. That gets you. A, that gets you. A, that gets you a, a, a half. Like, it's, oh, I was it's say. you know. I mean, like. Yeah, I know what you mean. Mm. I am not going to be so generous. Okay. Point five out of five. Oh wow! Uh, and mostly because I feel like I really wanted to see more Gail Kim and Awesome Kong, but then they just took them out of the match. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, uh, I am being slightly more generous, but not quite, <laughs> uh, and giving it one and a quarter star, and it gets the extra quarter for Gail Kim and yes. Awesome Kong. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> there we go. There we go. We're, we're, we're simple beings. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, okay. So we cut to Matt Morgan uh, entering the Christmas party. As Eric praises his booking for tonight's uh, for tonight's show. I've got it in brackets here. It, it's Russo self insert here. Um, <laughs> yes. The doorbell goes off, and who should it be? But not Santa. Oh, but it's Chris Harris, and he isn't here to knock Eric Young's brains out. <laughs> if anyone gets that reference, I owe you a Coke. <laughs> um, after, shortly after that, the, the guns and Jay Lethal, with the little guns and little Jay uh, Lethal, enter and start eating cookies. Then, closely yep. followed by the guru, Sonjay Dutt, and he talks for some reason, for some bizarre reason, he talks with Eric Young about the rainforest. I can't quite get the whole thing because there's so much noise, but he does mention the rainforest. And I'm like, wait, what, Sanjay? Imagine I'm saying this, but surrounded by like the twinkly star emoji, but um, he's being spiritual. Yes. <laughs> then SoCal Val enters with mistletoe in hand, ready to kiss Jay Lethal. But as I put here, Sonjay absolutely cock blocks him. That's... I'm not saying it. I'm yeah. not saying it. <laughs> okay. It's weird seeing Black Machismo. It's weird. Yeah. I'm being a good boy. I'm not going to say it. No, me good. neither. Be a good boy. Everyone be good. Uh, so after that we come back from a break to a Samoa Joe backstage promo Crystal asks if he's going to the Christmas party and I just love it how Joe just turns around and goes screw you <laughs> he just leaves uh, he's pissed no. quite rightly he's pissed off at TNA for the for uh, uh, for this contract negotiations and not getting paid more uh, I don't know if this is gonna be if this is a work shoot, but I do know that Joe did have some problems with contract uh, with his contract around this time, or might have been a little soon, a uh, little later down the line. I mean, to be fair, he was having to deal with Jeff Jarrett and Dixie Carter, so I assume any concerns he had were valid. Mm. Yeah, and let's not forget Jim Cornette was uh, an on-screen authority figure, yeah. and I imagine was probably a create a part of the creative at this time as well. Yeah, um, it's I the, the, the I I'm, I watched it and my only note was Joe is not acting. Yes, that's yeah. literally my only note. <laughs> he asks where Matt Morgan is as we go to the next match. Match four, the Silent okay, Night. I'm ready. Night, hardcore four way match. Abyss versus Black Rain versus Shark Boy. Versus Relic. Did you know Relic? Did is you know killer... that Relic is killer backwards? <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you believe that this guy Relic was Johnny the Bull Stamboli in the Full Blooded Italians in two thousand and three? I cannot believe that. <laughs> I know it's true. I can't believe it. Do you know what my favourite part about this match is? Mm-hmm. The fact that Shark Boy's in it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I'm watching this. You know what? It's kind of a funny match. You don't see, you rarely see this many like gimmick masked like wrestlers, all various of all various yes. different stuff, just having a match together. 
So what I love is they're like, let's get three spooky boys together, and they're like, shit, we need someone else scary, so we get fucking Shark Boy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get to this match there's a hype video as james mitchell goes over abyss and why he needs him and about abyss's mother and i put the next thing here yeah relic is killer backwards guys <laughs> yeah yeah i love how like for shark boy because he was beaten up the week prior has bandages on his mask <laughs> yep it's so great. I love Shark Boy. On the door, it should have been mask. so much more important to TNA. I don't care. Yes. Highly agree on that one. And I've got a note here. Oh, man, it's rough and quite difficult watching Black Rain, especially because yeah. this was a really dark time in oh, Dustin's God. life. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it's a shame because he does such good work in this match. He, re- he absolutely does. Um, I've got notes I mean, here. the thing I really want to say about this match is, you know, I feel like so many people never actually realised how good Abyss was. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I'm like, that, I'm like, and Abyss was my guy, one of my guys at yeah. this time. Like, and like, still... I go, I, go, I go back on it and I watch Abyss matches and I'm like, yo, he was actually so good. Mm. Really, really what? It's actually rubber. Like, you watch it and like, God, you're so good at your job, man. There was, There is a reason around this time he almost went to the WWE and almost had a WrestleMania match with The Undertaker. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you, know, do you know what the worst part about this is, though, right? Mm. Mm. Thinking about this time period, this is going to sound stupid, but at the time, I almost think Abyss was doing, like, Kane but better than Kane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, he absolutely was. I was. That was, yeah, absolutely. At this time, it was like, it, it was really like, do you want to see Kane again properly? Watch Abyss. Let, yeah. Right, let, let me just say, I don't care what anyone says. Black Hole Slam. Oh, God. God. Yeah. Oh. I even care. God, I, I remember the first time I the, saw the, that, the, and I was like, versus, what is Abyss that? Abyss is like a smaller wrestler. The black oh, hole slam yeah. is so good. It's so good. Um, I, don't, I mean, I, far be it from me to just like sidetrack completely, but uh, if anyone that hasn't seen it, the time where he um, just picks up and just launches Christy Hemi. Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, I remember I, that. Yeah. Oh. She straight up ragdolls. <laughs> yeah. Damn, I remember that. Oh. Actually, I believe now that Chris Parks is actually still part as a producer for the WWE, if I'm correct. Yes, and I've seen a picture of him just as Chris Parks, and it is one of the most... It's one of the most... I. It's like Abyss is... It's like you got to find a picture of him. He looks like, yes, I do, in fact, have people in the basement. <laughs> it's... It's in some like oh, I'm gonna put it in the I'm gonna put it in the chat so you can see this. Mm. <laughs> One second, I, I know because I literally just saw it today because I was looking them up again, and it's like wow, here he is, here he is. I'm just gonna copy this, uh, put it right in there for everyone to behold in this call. Look at this, look at this, look at this. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, I love how his one and only TV appearance in the in WWE has been an AJ Styles segment as mm-hmm. well. <clears throat> it was meant to be. It was always meant to be. <laughs> so, uh, let's go over little bits of this match. So we have a Christmas tree wrapped in barbed wire and presents Brilliant. full of weapons because, you know, Christmas. Yes. Um, and the match starts off hot. Black Rain is immediately sent outside by Abyss as Relic spits blood out of his mouth. I've got in capitals here Bear. after that. Killer! <laughs> no, it looks hype as fuck, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shark Boy grabs a golf club and beats Relic over the back with it. We get a, a Abyss coming back into the ring and corner splash and hip attack combo flattening Black Rain. Oh yeah. A ginormous oh, yeah. super kick for Relic sends Abyss reeling. And then we get a heart attack from Black Rain and Relic. Like, I was like, I popped it. huge when I saw the heart attack. <laughs> oh boys, look out. Shark Boy has a kendo stick. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Please talk him. Uh, but that that doesn't that doesn't come for another two years there, Dad. <laughs> I know, but I don't care. <laughs> but then we get the shark out, uh, the blackout to Shark Boy, uh, which I called here is I think it's the flying, uh, the 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 whoopsie version of the flying pedigree. Uh, and then we get James Mitchell up on the ramp watching the proceedings as Black Rain sends Shark Boy into the barbed wire Christmas tree. We then have Abyss clotheslining Relic in rain, and then he finds a barbed wire baseball bat and starts wailing on everybody. But then he finds two other presents, two bags, one containing thumbtacks, oh god, the other containing broken glass. Oh my god. Shark Boy and Abyss here team up to throw the tree at Relic, but it actually ends up hitting Black Rain. Mitchell at this time distracts the ref as Abyss goes for the pin. Abyss grabs James Mitchell, but the lights go out, and who should appear in the ring but Judas Macias? Jesus Christ. Ah, <laughs> uh... Jack Hammer to Shark Boy and Relic wins. Killer backwards, guys. It's Killer Backwards. Killer Backwards. So yeah, a very throwaway hardcore match. Nothing really special about it. But as we said, um, there's some really good spots from uh, from Dustin here. Uh, and from Shark Boy, and from Abyss. Yeah. So you know what? It's a three star for me. <laughs> like, it's a it's a it's a very solid match. Mm. Everyone does their job. Shark Boy does his job. Oh. God bless you, Shark Boy. God, God bless you. Ah, uh, no, yeah. Uh, two point five for me. I think I think the whole kind of um, I complete. I'll be honest. I completely forgot about Judas Macias. <laughs> Yeah, I wish I could forget. <laughs> oh no! Uh, but no, uh, a lot. I think that I think the reason it gets two point five is again Shark Boy just being Shark Boy. Um, but there really wasn't like a moment where I went, "Oh, that was an amazing like moment in a hardcore match." Uh, there were really good moments, but nothing that really made me go, "Ah!" Oh! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or satiated my bloodlust, <laughs> as it were. <laughs> What about you, Dad? Uh, it gets a free from me. E. E. I feel like it's I'm being the most harsh one now uh, in this one. I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Like, Abyss has definitely done better matches. Certainly. Mm-hmm. But just because he's done better matches doesn't mean that this isn't a good match. And I do have quite a bit of fun with this match. Yeah. 
it, it is it is just a really fun match. I'm also just, as you know, just an absolute demon, so... Aren't yeah. we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> so, to the final backstage segment, the Christmas party segment, Samoa Joe arrives and is looking for Matt Morgan. He basically tells him in no uncertain terms to take his contract offer and shove it. And then he says, you know, I don't want to spoil the Christmas party. You all have a Merry Christmas and a wonderful New Year. And in the only way that Samoa Joe does, he completely destroys the tree, all of the food, flips tables, and Samoa Joe walks out in a rough and a hump. And a... I'm fucking pissed off now. I'll see you all later. I'm sitting at home now. And we cut to black. When we come back to the break, Eric is very upset that Christmas has been ruined. JB reiterates to Eric that Santa isn't real. But in that moment, who should show up but Santa Claus? It's Santa! (laughs) It's Santa. And so we get to our main event, the Grab the Reindeer Ladder Match. The loser has to wear a reindeer costume. (laughs) It is Kaz going up against the phenomenal AJ Styles. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I have two thoughts. One, I had to, like, actually, like, I when I was watching it, it took me five minutes to really realise that, yes, this was the stipulation. <laughs> oh, this it is. is. Yeah. It is. Like, it took me five whole yeah. minutes to really get that in my head. <laughs> Secondly, oh man, like WWE AJ Styles is an entirely different person to TNA AJ Styles. Oh yeah, like twelve hundred billion percent. Not even just like in terms of move set and everything, but just in terms of look, they look like two different people, and yes. it's disconcerting as hell. <laughs> No, like straight up unrecognizable. Like my fav- my favorite thing about that is when uh, there was an interview and they were asked, and someone asked AJ why he doesn't do the spiral tap anymore, mm. and he said he just forgot how to do it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he just spent so long like not doing it while he was on like the independence that he just forgot how to do it. Wow, and <laughs> honestly, that feels like the most AJ Styles thing. Yes. <laughs> Yes. It really does. (laughs) So, oh man, it's really kind of, um, kind of really took me back when I heard uh, I Am, I Am for the first time in a very long time. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. And seeing Kaz with long hair as well, that, I was like, oh man, we are in like the peak of these two's career in TNA. And, uh, man, they start off hot, man, uh, with Kaz spearing AJ through a ladder onto the ramp, and then Kaz whipping AJ, like Irish whipping AJ, over the guardrail. (laughs) But AJ, you know he does what he does best. It does the springboard forearm off the guardrail, and followed that by a discus clothesline. I always really liked how AJ was able to really be able to springboard off of the guardrail. That has no give, oh, so he doesn't have no bounce to it. But he could still yeah. have the same like like bounce off of that as he would on the top rope. AJ Styles does what he does best, which is look like he's about to break his spine in two places. Yes. Yeah, basically. Good Sp- Lord. Speaking of which... Oh, that suplex off the apron to the ladder. Oh, no. AJ 
got dealt with all of that. Oh, yeah. I feel like as well, if you notice, I feel like the ladder might be slightly off center of where they want it because AJ kind of moves and shifts his body weight to the ladder to make sure he lands on it. Um, It is a funny thing seeing that. But Kaz gets his shoulder as well, if you look in the replay, because he catches his shoulder awkwardly on that ladder as well. Um... We cut to a break and then we come back. Both are fighting to get up the ladder and grab in the costume. But from that, oh, what a styling DDT off the ladder from AJ. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I always pop for the styling DDT because it's like when I was watching, like when I watched indies, like AJ was one of the first guys I watched and I remember popping huge for that move. It's just something so, like he, how he's so graceful to do a moonsault and then catch a person into the inverted DDT. It's just so flawed. And the fact he can no still do it at, like in these mid 40s, it's like, how, what are you made of, AJ? <laughs> Damn, that was a good spot. No, so AJ sets the ladder up into the corner, and the Northern Lights is countered, and then a power bomb is countered, and AJ gets the ladder in the face with a drop toe hold from Kaz. Oh, I know Oof. he put his hand up, but damn, it looked like he really caught him, like caught his jaw on that, because the way he whiplashed off the ladder. Oh, <laughs> damn, it's. It's like, nah, mate. It's just a big old nah, mate. No, no, no. Don't like it. So there was a springboard attempt off of the ladder from Kaz. Misses. And AJ with a picture-perfect Pele kick. I love the Pele kick. Oh, it's so pretty. Love it, love it, love it. And I I don't know. I mean, even though, like, there has been, like, there is such a huge gap between now and then... Again, I feel like AJ, there's not much difference in the way he does it and how pretty it looks. No, no, no. That that has stayed as pretty as the day he first used it. Oh, yeah. We get AJ whipping, Irish whipping Kaz into the ladder. And then they come, they go to a, a what happened or during the, the commercial break. We have an insane monkey uh, flip from AJ and Kaz catches himself on the ladder. Um, and a big pop-up power bomb from Kaz, and then of course that beautiful combat, like leapfrog um, combination into the drop kick from AJ. Um, as AJ climbs the ladder, and Kaz grabs the bottom rein and literally just pushes the ladder with AJ on it. <laughs> Again, AJ took some bumps in this match off of the ladder. AJ was a huge time bumper. Hmm. So with the ladder in the corner and AJ on the top rope, uh, Kaz tries to climb up the ladder, Shelton Benjamin style, and attempts the flux capacitor. But then AJ attempts the clash in a in a counter, and then Kaz back body drops him on the ladder, and oh, he caught his legs! Oh yeah. God, he caught his legs on that! No, no, there was no setting on that because you could see the look of pain on AJ's face. There's only like one more. There's there's very few other bumps in TNA history that I've looked at and gone, oh Jesus Christ! Mm. Oh, oh, so get back with the ladder in the center of the ring. Kaz and AJ are on top of the ladder, perched right below the costume, and it ends with a ginormous hip toss from AJ to, onto Kaz. 
Uh, so then we get Kurt Angle coming out and trying to cheer on and encourage AJ to get the costume. But AJ's like, what? 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 What are you saying, son? Get the costume! <laughs> Just get the costume, damn it! Uh, this, though, is long enough for Kaz to push the ladder, sending AJ into the corner. Oh! Ow! But this gives him enough time, uh, Kaz enough time to climb the ladder, grab the costume, and Kaz wins. And so AJ has to wear the reindeer costume. Oh, this is a no. real solid match from these two. Uh, it's so good. Oh man, it's Kaz... two. It's two. It's two absolute of the best of the X division. Mm. Mm. So you say like, just go big. Yeah, given the little time they had, they made sure to have some good moments here in this match. They made darn sure to pack it. Uh, as as like belt from bell to pelt bell pack it with many many good moments and some oh, painful spots as well <laughs> um but yeah ratings for this match I'll give it a four I'm gonna give it a four mm. I am going to give it a four as well I think yeah, four from me. It's, it's, it's just a really good X Division match that isn't billed as an X Division match. Exactly, yeah. That, that, that Four from me as well. The fours have it, everybody. <laughs> oh, there we go. So, we're not done here just yet. AJ Styles begrudgingly puts the costume on as Kurt berates him for losing. Uh, when his first attempt, AJ trips over and starts flailing on the canvas as he really does not want to put the costume on. He tries to escape, but the referees bum-rush him <laughs> and force him back into the ring to put the costume on. Uh, it's kind of amazing how AJ Styles is able to sell having to make a brain-hair <laughs> costume. Um... <laughs> AJ is then about to put the reindeer head on, but he pushes the refs with it, sending Earl Hebner flying in the process. Well done, Earl Hebner. Uh, the old Earl Hebner bump. Um, and it's then off, straight after that that Kurt puts the head onto AJ. <laughs> with AJ going, please, Kurt, don't put it on me. Don't put it Oh, no. <laughs> And then AJ proceeds to kick and scream all around the uh, around the ring. To that, we get Santa coming out to the biggest pop ever. Actually, I'm just kidding. I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, but it, I was going to say, but is it as good as Chris Tarrant at Insurrection 2001? Exactly. I think. Never. I it think will never not. be that. There will never be a bigger pop. <laughs> so he's with Eric Young, and they're giving gifts out to everyone in the impact zone whilst Kurt looks on very confused Santa then enters the ring and gives a present uh, to Kurt which is a Kurt Angle DVD I saw when I paused it he gave Kurt Angle a Kurt Angle DVD I was wondering <laughs> Kurt's not happy with this at all he tells Eric why. he tells Eric that Santa isn't real and calls everyone a stupid idiot and uh, here's, here's, here's what Kurt said during this promo well maybe if I was a naughty boy I wouldn't have won a gold medal huh what do you think about that Huh. He asks Santa. It's a line. It is a line. It is a line. So he asks Santa if he could have a present this year. And what he wants more than anything in the world is Christian Cage to grow some balls and show up at the impact zone. <laughs> he proceeds to close line Santa, 
puts him in the ankle lock, and then out of a present, Christian Cage pops out and attacks Wrestling, Kurt by the way. to run him out of the ring and to wrap up this TNA Christmas Impact. Wrestling. Wrestling. Because I wonder if Christian was in that present the whole time. That's the whole show. Did he have any air I holes? Wish. That's the question. I assume so. Please make sure so. to ventilate your Christians. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, how long was he there? How long was he there? A Christian isn't just for Christmas. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine they probably would have wheeled that present. They should, they hopefully, because it was pre-taped as well, they wheeled that present out mm-hmm. before the segment started. So I'm guessing they probably wheeled that out during like when AJ was flailing about. In the Probably. reindeer costume. Oh, by the way, I love that line where um, Kurt tells AJ to go back to the hotel room and say, I am not a reindeer a thousand times. <laughs> I, just, I just don't know. Just, I just don't know what to tell you there. So, chaps, with that, all that being said, what are your final thoughts on the TNA Christmas impact? Fever dream. Fever dream. It is one of the most interesting attempts at bringing like the TV tradition of the Christmas episode into wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I think it's an I think it's an interesting thing because obviously, like you know how WWE brands Raw is like the longest running episodic series in US history. Yeah. But like, it's not really a TV series. <laughs> no. Very loosely, they're using that claim. Oh, they they're making a claim to that, aren't they? Um, <laughs> but then, like Impact, going, you know what? We're gonna do an episodic TV series, and it's gonna have a Christmas episode, and we're gonna do it. And I respect it. I respect them for it. Respect the hustle. There's, there's it, nothing. It, it's that. like it's like horrifying in practice, but it's a good idea. <laughs> I can't agree more. I couldn't agree more than with that. <laughs> the Fever Dream Christmas episode. It's like... Yeah. It's like what would have happened if the Star it's Wars like, Christmas it, special it, became popular and they did it every year. It's like, I, it's like I'm at a Christmas party, but I've taken like one too many Benadryl beforehand. <laughs> and I'm guessing Samoa Joe is the come down after that. No, Samoa Joe is um is the shadow man that I see. <laughs> it's oh, I don't even know. It's a special episode and one that I definitely wanted to show you too because it's just it's just nuts. It's nuts. It, it, it is what happens when wrestling goes to its. I, I I'm I feel horrible saying this. It's logical insane conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> like it is what happens when you let people in wrestling just go too far. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. But like that's not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> it's not a good thing. No, it's true, 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 true. Um so TNA after this, well, two thousand and eight would actually be one of their most profitable years, actually. Um they would go on to end up having um 
uh, touring pay-per-views at this time. They would mm-hmm. also go on to uh, release the TNA Impact video game, which I bought day one, and I really shouldn't have, because I really should have waited till a price job. <laughs> but that would it's actually... game. That would be actually, funnily enough, that would be the second-to-last game Midway would ever publish and develop. Would you like to know what the last Midway game they they published and developed was? Oh, please enlighten me. Like it was the Wheelman starring Vin Diesel. Wow! Wow! I I was I was thinking of THQ when I was thinking of my one (laughs) because I remember like one of the last things THQ ever published was like I think a version of like Family Feud. Yes. Yes, they did. It got sad quickly. (laughs) But then pretty much I feel like after 2008, the TNA bubble kind of burst for them. Um, It did. Because again, after that, Hogan and Bischoff. I'm not saying that Hogan and Bischoff are the sole reason that that TNA started to flounder quite a bit. They're they're not the reason. They are a reason. They're like, they're not they're not the reason but if we were gonna have a pie chart right the largest segment would be hogan and bischoff yes (laughs) i would agree with that one and thus ends our episode on the tna christmas impact i feel like we might need to do some more tna centric episodes in the future yeah i mean we can well this this at this time anyway i'm not going up i mean the only time i'll ever go like into the into the next decade is of course with the much you know talked about and uh a ballyhooed aces and eights episode i mean obviously there's aces and eights and there's a bunch of stuff we can do about various people in tna i think i think maybe we could do it we could we could probably get like an episode on on some TNA bits and pieces. I know TNA often end up coming up. Mm. I'm sure in a couple retrospectives and stuff we'll have stuff coming up. Oh, I mean, we absolutely. Still haven't, we, haven't got, we haven't got January planned yet because no. we're, not, we're not doing that until January. <laughs> we're not animals, come on. <laughs> of course, of course. Oh, I'm pretty sure that'll happen in the near future for sure. <sighs> so, chaps, I can't believe I get to say this. We've got the Sweet Chinwag second Christmas special coming up next week. That's horrifying, isn't it? I'll be damned. Where the hell did 2021 go? (laughs) I I can't quite believe it myself. It was just... I felt like it was just yesterday that we were doing that and talking about the Santa Claus. (laughs) And I'm all the worse for it. (laughs) So... Join us on Christmas Day for our second annual Christmas special. But until then, I have been Sam, this has been Dan and Reardon, and you have been listening to the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. We'll see you, as always, on the next one. Bye, everybody! Bye-bye!